following program is paid programming. The views expressed on the following program are those of its hosts and participants, and nowhere reflect those of the ownership, staff, or advertisers of WNRI. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Joe Luca Real Estate Show. I am Joe. I'm your host every Tuesday evening right here on WNRI.com. 99.9 on the FM dial, 1380 on the AM dial. And you can also catch us on WNRI.com as well as on Spotify. After the fact, listen to us as a podcast at your leisure. This is a show, we're in our ninth year. This is a show for you, the consumer. So I try to talk about relevant things that um, buyers and sellers and prospective buyers and sellers of real estate would be interested in. Uh, provide answers to questions that you may not know to ask. And just give you an idea for the pulse of the real estate market and market values and my interpretation of the headlines that we all see um, you know, or listen to on the news, on uh, the radio, on TV, reading the papers, etc. online. <clears throat> because, you know, I was talking with someone earlier today, a colleague of mine, and it, it really is frustrating sometimes because um, there's everybody has an agenda with the news that they're reporting. And I, you know, I don't watch a lot of uh, you know, network news, but I, I'll watch the business channels and it's highly frustrating and annoying when you have a business channel that's almost pontificating upon and predicting what the market is doing and what it's going to do. Um, and, you know, what is their agenda? Because, look, I'm, you know, I'm on the record for several years. I've been making observations based on the data that's out there and I've been right, you know, saying that the market is going to continue expanding. I was wrong last January, January 22. I thought rates were the rates of appreciation, equity accumulation were going to be in the low to mid single digits and I was wrong. They were still in double digits and they're still in double digits. You know, just for a little perspective, okay, the um, median price of a single-family home in Rhode Island is $440,000. Yes, that's a median price in Rhode Island. That's up 7.3% from last, uh, last June. The number of sales was 670. This is for the whole state, which is down 27.8%. Okay, so... If they say home sales are down and they use that as a launching point to talk about why the market is going to crash, that may put a lot of eyeballs on the TV screen or may get a lot of folks to read the, the article. But 
you need to look beyond that because, of course, as prices go up, there will be fewer buyers who are qualified to pay that amount for a house. So sales will drop. As interest rates go up, that will further decrease the number of buyers who can uh, qualify to buy a home. And again, just for some perspective, as of uh, today, going to my old reliable site, Mortgage News Daily, the 30-year fixed rate mortgage is at 7.49%. The 30-year FHA is at 7.12, and the 30-year VA is at 7.12 as well. So these rates are higher than they have been in a long time, and certainly most recently. <coughs> Excuse me. But this was a normal rate 20 years ago. Okay. Uh, in the late 90s to early 2000s, rates in the five, six, fives, sixes, and sevens was pretty normal, and plenty of houses sold. And these houses are going to continue to sell. We still have more buyers than sellers. So it is still a seller's market. So you may be thinking, well, I'll just wait for prices to come down. Well, let me tell you a story. I have had some customers that I've worked with who've been waiting for prices to come down for six or seven years. And if they had purchased a house when we started first met and they first started looking at houses, they could have purchased that house sold it for a 20% profit, purchased a second house, sold that for a 20% profit, and still be in a good position on another home. And they could upgrade it, could have upgraded every time they purchased a house. So don't count on the market going down because barring an international or global calamity, the basic fundamentals are we are going to remain in a tight, uh, a strong real estate market for the foreseeable future we have more buyers than sellers a lot more buyers than sellers so if we continue to lose buyers because they can't afford a home if wages don't increase commensurate with the prices and interest rates on mortgages we're going to lose some buyers but maybe we'll get it to be so that it's a little bit closer to balance okay you know we have um as of today and again, I talk about Rhode Island because that's what I focus on the most. And, you know, it's, um, it's easiest. We're one state. We have one MLS for the whole state, which that really makes life a lot easier than, um, you know, other states have multiple MLSs. So if we're talking about Massachusetts, we can talk about MLS PIN, which covers, you know, Boston to Worcester. We can talk about, you know, Cape Cod has their own MLS. And then Western Mass, there are more MLSs out there. So... It's easier just to talk about Rhode Island because we have one MLS that covers the entire state. Um, and those numbers are very strong if you're a seller, okay, because we don't have a lot of um, homes that are on the market. And as of today, the number of single-family homes we had have on the market was about 846. That's for the entire state. That's all price points. All right, and if we look at condominiums and multifamily properties, those also have similar levels of um, or lack of inventory. <coughs> Excuse me, I apologize. 174 multifamilies 
all price points. If you look at multifamily homes priced under $600,000, okay, which is still well over well over the median price of a single of our multifamily homes, we have 92 in the entire state. 92. All right. So that's everything from Newport to Westerly up to Woonsocket to Boroughville. All single-family homes, that's two families up to four families. Okay. If we're looking at condominiums, again, the number of condominiums, 213 for the entire state. And if we look at them below 500,000, that number drops down to 115 for the whole state. Let's say you want to get something under 500,000 with at least two bedrooms. Now you're down to 94. Okay, if you wanted two total bathrooms, let's say a full and a half. Now you're down to, now you're down to, okay, 51. Okay. So there's not a lot out there. This is going to continue to be the case because the only people that are selling their homes now are folks that um, have people getting married, getting divorced, people whose families are growing. Uh, so they need to get a bigger home. Intergenerational living, combining grandparents with parents and grandkids. Um, and then, of course, folks transitioning into assisted living or a nursing home or death. People are not just buying a house to buying to, you know, because they want a quote-unquote better house or they want a whatever, a smaller house. You know, the folks who are downsizing, they're sitting tight. They're not buying anything. You know, a lot of these folks, um, if they own their own, own their home free and clear, or they may have um, a low interest rate on their mortgage, you know, and then they're like, cheapers. if I sell this and make a lot of money and get another mortgage, I'm going to be paying more than double what I am now. And my buddy Hank Richter, when he bought his first house in 1983, his rate was almost 17%. Wow, Hank, that is, that's the highest I've heard in a long time. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, I bought my first house, uh, you know, in later on that decade, and my rate was 9.95. And, I, you know, that was, I thought I was styling and profiling I, because everybody else had 10 and 11. So, yeah, rates are high. Um, well, we're high compared to that, what we have today at the 7.49% for a conventional fix or 7.12 for an FHA and VA. Those rates are, are pretty darn good. But the people who have three and a half, four percent, five percent are reluctant to give those rates up to buy something bigger or smaller and double their rate. All right. Hank said if a house if a house is off market, is it included in the sales date? Um I'm not sure if I understand that. So if it's you mean if it goes pending, is it still counted as days on market? I'm not sure if I understand that question. Um, but the, typically, until it closes, that is considered uh, days on market. Okay. So, um, hopefully that answers your question. All right. Also, Hank, as a quick aside, I um, have something uh, that I need to run by you about uh, a house you inspected. So, interest rates are high. Plenty of buyers. 
we don't have more inventory coming on the market. We just have, we're recycling houses. You have a couple of new houses, okay? Just to give you an idea, folks, if we look for single-family homes in Rhode Island, okay, and the only criteria I'm going to put is that they were built in 2022 or later. Let's see. Bear with me here. Year built. 2022 plus. Okay, how does that work? Okay, that's, um, oh, you know what I did wrong? Okay, but he's a different argument. All right, so if we do that, homes built, yeah, there are very few homes built after 2022 single family homes that are currently on the market. <clears throat> so, Rhode Island, it's still, it's a, it's a heck of a lot better to own or to own a home than to rent, whether it's a condominium or a multifamily, and you really need to um, see what you can do to become a homeowner. And the first thing you may want to do is you can reach out to a realtor. You can call me, your humble host, 401-409-5030. And I'll answer any questions and put you in touch with someone. If you need credit repair, if you want to get approved for a mortgage, we can find the best mortgage lender for your needs, your situation, what you're looking for, and take it from there. So there are 101 homes built after 2022 out of 846 Okay, and just to give you an idea for pricing on these homes, okay, the least expensive one you have three seventy four nine. That's right here in one socket, and then four zero nine nine, four thirty nine, four forty nine, and everything else is above the median price of a single family home in Rhode Island. Okay, so if you're looking for a home that the average person can buy, presumably at the median price or lower. There are two homes out of 846 that fit the bill, fit the bill that, are, that are still new construction. Okay. And let's see. The, so the one right here in one socket. Um, all right. This house was built in 2022, but it, it's a bank-owned home. That's a foreclosure. 374000 Okay. That's been on the market 12 days. And then we have another one that's uh, listed to a buddy of listed by a buddy of mine, Nelson Estevez, and uh, he's with Remax Professionals. This house was built in 2023. It's in the north end of Providence on Chatham Street, 4099. Okay, that's a brand new house. And then we have one in Warwick on Van Zant Ave that was built in 22, um, and um, this was priced at 439.9. That's been on the market 28 days. They dropped the price from four forty nine to four thirty nine. So uh, it was appraised at four forty nine. So we can look up and see. Um, did this go under agreement before? Nope. They just did a um, a price reduction. It was originally listed at. Let's see. When it first hit the market, it was at four sixty nine nine. Now it's at four thirty nine nine. So, just to clarify, folks, when a house is listed at one price and the price is dropped, that does not indicate that home values are coming down. Okay. So, in this particular case, they made it easy for us. They have an appraisal in here. It was appraised at four hundred ninety thousand. 
Okay, I think I misspoke before and said 449. So they have an appraisal for 490,000 and it's listed at 4399. Um it was originally priced at 4699. So even though it was appraised at 490, fair market value is what houses go for and fair market value is what a ready, willing and able buyer is willing to pay for something if it's a single family home or a car. Okay, that's what fair market value is. So clearly this house um, at 4399 um, hasn't been exposed to enough people to who feel that it's worth that. The lot is 5,200 square feet. It's a 1,700 square foot house. Um, now, the thing with this one that may turn people off is there's no basement. So it's slab on grade. Um, but again, it's a new house. It's only was built in 2022. Priced at 439. So... That's in Warwick. So there are a lot of homes in Warwick that are built um, on slabs because the water table was so high in certain neighborhoods. But, you know, if you, so if you're looking at this and, you know, you're buying a home and you're going to pay 439000 bucks, you've got three beds, two and a half baths, and you're going to finance it at an interest rate of 7.49%, you're going to have a pretty hefty mortgage payment every month. Okay. Um, but despite that... Despite that, homes are still selling. Homes are still selling. You know, we have um, average days on market has been coming down. Um, you know, we just did uh, a press release from the Rhode Island Association of Realtors. Um, and they noted inventory, this is as of today, increased slightly. Okay. Um, decrease in sales. We already talked about that. But homeowners are continuing to increase their equity. That's very, very true. Um, and let's see. My buddy Bryant DeCruz, he's the president of the association right now. And our supply of inventory is 1.7 months, okay, which is the highest since October of last year. That means the number of houses we have on the market or we had in the market in July, it would take Less than two months to sell through all of that inventory. And this is despite the fact that interest rates have gone up. The median price of condominiums is up to 359000 That's 12.5% increase from a year earlier. And multifamily homes, folks, the median price is $500,000. Now, that includes all multifamilies, two, three, and four units. Okay, so if you're looking at a two-unit, that's $250,000 per unit. That's a lot of money, okay? Um, so these prices have been increasing. And, of course, the prices on the multifamilies is driven up by the rental rates. You know, I'm looking at um, a house for an investor client of mine in Providence and three-bedroom apartments. And when he goes in there and cleans them up, he'll be able to get $2,000 a month per unit. The third floor may be a little bit less, but let's call it, you know, you can probably get 2 2 and 18 So that's $5,800 a month in rental income. Taxes are 6200 bucks a year. If he spends 3600 bucks a year on um, insurance, that's less than one rent to cover the taxes and the insurance 
If he puts, it's an investment property. If he puts 25% down, his monthly payment's going to be at eight, eight and a half percent. It's going to be about 24, 2,500 bucks. So the rents certainly support the debt service and then some. You know, with this particular client of mine, I put together a pro forma where he invests $20,000 per unit to increase the marketability. So even factoring that in, his down payment, the 60000 bucks for the capital improvements, what he will get in cash flow, net cash flow, will be a 14 to 18% return on investment, ROI. Okay, so the, it's there. You know, that house, he could be purchased for a little bit less than 500000 bucks because it does need some cleaning up and the seller is motivated. But, um, yeah, it's, the multifamily market is very, very vibrant. Folks, you're listening to the Joe Luca Real Estate Show right here on WNRI 99.9 on the FM dial, 1380 AM. Catch us on uh, WNRI.com and on Spotify as a podcast after the fact that gets uploaded or this show gets uploaded about an hour after we go off air. So you can check us out on Spotify. And if, you, uh, if we're friends, you can watch, watch the show on Facebook Live. Just uh, touch, reach out and touch me to uh, become a friend, and then, then you'll be able to see the show. I do uh, try to upload these to YouTube as well, the video portion of the show. So, you know, so the real estate market is uh, a very vibrant. I want to talk a little bit about some of the things that, um, you know, the Rhode Island Association of Realtors has been doing to kind of make the sales and purchase process a little bit more streamlined and to protect um, all parties. So, you know, when you buy a home, there is a real estate sales disclosure form. And this form has, by state law, has to be completed by the seller, not by the realtor, not by someone who's a contractor or not living in the property, by the seller. And if you don't know, you should just put down, if you don't know the answer to questions, you put unknown, but it has to be completed. Every page has to be initialed and signed on the last page. If the seller does not complete it, previously there was a $100 fine, but that fine is now in getting increased to $1,000. And the reason for this is because buyers deserve to know as much about the property that they're purchasing as possible. And the seller, if they're going to be receiving money for their property, they should disclose everything that they're aware of. Now, if it's an estate sale... Um, or some, it's being sold by a power of attorney because the owners are in a nursing home or assisted living or don't have the mental capacity to complete the form, you're going to get a lot of you know, what I call null information, unknown, 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 because uh, this is a legal document. And if they answered something incorrectly and then the new, it became an issue with the new owner, the person that filled out that form could be sued. So by increasing this, the fine for not completing this sales disclosure form, uh, that will hopefully entice sellers to, one, complete the form more frequently, and two, be more accurate. We also created a separate disclosure form for vacant land. Okay, that way, uh, buyers, again, they can know what they're getting into. 
if the seller knows that uh, there were some cars buried on the property or barrels full of chemicals or oil, they have to disclose that on the form. If they don't, and it's discovered by the new owner, one, two, three, five years down the road, they can come back and sue the seller. So I always try to impress upon my clients that uh, when we before we list a property here, this is the document you need to fill it out. Take your time. If there's anything you are unsure of, do not guess. Just put unknown. Now, a lot of times people are like, well, yeah, we've lived here 60 years. Okay, but the house was built five years before you you lived there. So that means someone else lived there. So you don't know what they did. Maybe they could have buried, had an oil tank in the ground and abandoned it. And then you put, no, no oil tank in the ground. And then there is an oil tank in the ground and it's leaking. The new owner could come back and sue you because you said no. And the answer was yes. Whereas if you put unknown, you don't know. Okay, so you answer honestly if you are 100% sure that your response is accurate. If not, you need to protect yourself and your family by putting unknown. I don't know if there was ever um, an oil tank under the ground at this property. Was there a cemetery? No, there's not a cemetery. There's never been a cemetery. here. You, you can usually, that's an, an easy one. Um, you know, easements, things like that. That's very easy to ascertain, to determine if it's true or not, uh, if it does exist, the condition exists. Um, you know, sometimes sellers are completely unaware. You know, I have a transaction right now. I represent the buyer and they're buying a beautiful house in Cumberland. We did the inspection and it was discovered there's a crack in the foundation. Now, foundation cracks um, are generally, if they're vertical cracks going up and down or they are... Um, horizontal track cracks going left and right, those many times are not of significance. Um, if you have a diagonal crack, okay, one that goes from up high down to the bottom on an angle, that has a higher chance of being something significant than a horizontal or vertical crack. Um, but, you know, this particular house, we saw the crack, so I advised my client. I said, hey, you need to, you know, let's get a structural engineer here so you have peace of mind. So we're going to have that done. Um, but, you know, you can live with a crack in the foundation for years and years and years and it not be an issue. Okay. Um, you can maybe just want to fill the crack with the material um, that makes sense. Um you know, to keep water out, to keep bugs out, depending on the size of the crack. But, you know, I'm, I'd be surprised if there was anything major with this house. Now, I'm not an engineer. I'm a realtor. However, just anecdotally, um, all the doors and windows open nice and smoothly. Nothing is binding. And usually, if a house is un... Um, it's, if it's not stable, you're going to start to see, you know, windows that don't go up and down easily... Doors that are, you know, if you look at the door, everything isn't, uh, nothing is square and plumb. Those are usually indications that there is movement in the foundation. Now, this particular house is about 31 years old. Um, so it, it's a very solid house. Doesn't even have, when you walk around the house, doesn't even have any squeaks, you know, and the floors. 
which is um, pretty significant for a 31-year-old house. Okay. Um, but nevertheless, my job is to protect my client, the buyer. <clears throat> and that's what I'll do. So I advise them, listen, you know, I, don't, I never advise my clients to waive inspections unless they are in a, in a, uh, a contractor and they feel that they should waive inspections. I don't do that. And if you have concerns about radon, mold, get the tests. This particular house, um, you know, may have some other issues that we need to deal with as well. Okay, we're going to get the, the radon report back and see what the deal is with that. But, you know, this is why, you know, since I started this show, I've always talked about working with a competent, full-time experienced realtor. Um, because you want someone who is going to represent you well. Now, if I just said to my client, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a crack. It's a vertical crack. It's no big deal. Don't worry about it. Well, one, that would be foolish because I'm not an engineer. And if something did happen with that, I could be sued. My broker could be sued. Remax could be sued. We don't want that. But I go the extra yard to protect my clients. And I am completely transparent and I share everything with them. And if they ask a question, Joe, would you buy this house? I give an honest answer and I back it up with why. Okay. But I do everything that um, I can to protect my clients, if it's the buyer or if it's the seller. Now, what happens if I have the listing, so I represent the seller, and when you sign a property up and you list it, they... Everybody has to sign a relationship disclosure form. This is required by state law. And when I list the property, I'm representing the seller as a designated client representative for them as seller. So now I find a buyer. Let's say another one of my clients comes in and wants to buy that house. Well, I can't represent both parties 100%. Because one, the seller wants to get as much money as possible and make the transaction as smooth and clean as possible. The buyer presumably wants to get as much value and pay as little as possible and discover if there's anything wrong with the property at all. So in this case, I would have to represent the buyer as a transaction facilitator. Okay. I have an obligation to them to be honest ethical and professional and answer any questions that they ask but I can't work to get them the lowest price when I'm already working for the seller to get them the highest price unless the seller happened to say which is will never happen oh you know Joe no problem if they can only pay 25,000 less we'll let them have it especially in this market okay so it's important If you're going to be buying or selling or renting a home, that you work with a real estate professional, a realtor, who will take care of you, who's knowledgeable enough about what's going on in the marketplace, self-aware where you are as a client in the purchasing process and what your capacities are. You need a realtor who can identify that. And then work their best to find and negotiate the best deal for you. 
Okay. I am not, and most professional full-time realtors are not typically, uh, you know, the realtor who's going to basically read, get your name, send you a text and meet you at a property and then ask you what you want to pay and submit an offer. That's not what I do. I provide a lot of value so that you as a home buyer or a home seller have all the data in front of you so that you can make a decision. And if you ask me what I would do, I will respond to your question based on the data that we have. You know, I was talking with someone earlier today and, <coughs> excuse me, what I try never to do, not that I try never, I never do it, period, is, you know, you don't want to make decisions when it comes to people buying and selling real estate, the largest financial transaction of their life. You don't want to make a decision based on your commission. That is absolutely 120% wrong. You always, as a realtor, always have to do what's best for your client, for the buyer or the seller. So if I discover something that's not good for the buyer and I represent the buyer, I have to let them know, knowing full well that this, that may kill the deal. That's the way it is. We're looking out for the buyer. That's what realtors do. That's what experienced, full-time, ethical, professional realtors do. And if you listen to this show, I frequently will give shout-outs or ref, you know, reference other realtor, you know, friends of mine, colleagues of mine who do a great job. Okay? I would love to work with everybody who's listening to this show, but we know that's not feasible. So if you're not going to work with me, work with another good realtor. You know, Chris Witten's a buddy of mine. He owns Premier Real Estate. Does a great job. You know, Dwayne Boucher up here in Woonsocket. Okay, Remax Premier. Sam Alba, I had him on the show. He's Remax Innovations in Providence. These are all really good realtors. They do a good job running their companies, taking care of their clients. So you can certainly call me, Joe Luca, Remax Preferred, full time service, full time full service. Uh, 401-409-5030. Um, and if you have questions, let's say you're thinking about, you know, you've got to sell mom or dad's house or your aunt or uncle's house. Uh, you don't know where to start. I have like a bullet list of things for you to do, like a checklist to help you start the process. So if you want to start it now and put the house on the market next spring, you can do it at your leisure. I have a packet that will be invaluable for you. If you're going to need help with that, I have folks that can help you with that on my team. If it's GMET's moving in storage, you know, 401-383-6399. They do a a wonderful job. They can put your things in storage for you, pack them up, just move you from point A to point B and everything in between. That's GMET's moving in storage, 401-383-6399. If you're not sure, you, you need to get a power of attorney uh, so that you can make legal decisions for a family member. Beacon Title and Escrow, that's where I'll send you. Anthony Betancourt and Rich Nicholson, they're the owners. Uh, Rich is the attorney. Anthony is a managing partner. They have several other attorneys in the company. And they do a bang-up job taking care of that. 
And if you have um, jeepers, you, there's, you have some damage over here in your, you know, the, the plaster in your dining room or your bedroom or you have mold in the basement or whatever. Vern Rainville, public insurance adjuster, he works for you, the property owner, 484-300-8495. Vern Rainville, who lives in Manville, 484 484- Three zero zero eight four nine five. I'll refer you to him. I actually may be giving him a call on a personal issue uh, later this week. But he is, you know, honest. Um, he knows what he's doing, and he'll help you receive maximum um, compensation on your property insurance policy that you are entitled to. Because you have coverage, you pay for coverage. You want to make sure you are not left with less than you are entitled to. And if you just rely on the insurance adjuster who works for the insurance company or is paid by the insurance company, you may be shortchanging yourself. That's why I strongly recommend everybody work with Vern Rainville, 484-300-8495, just to find out where you stand. Okay, whether it's a condominium, a multifamily, a single family home, a vacation home grandma's home, whatever it is. And the claim could be as much as two years ago. So let's say something happened last winter and you're just discovering it now because grandma never said anything. You still may be able to get something, uh, receive some compensation for that from the insurance company. You can still file the claim. But to find out, you've got to give Vern Rainville a call. 484-300-8495. Vern Rainville. Public insurance adjuster extraordinaire. I also want to do a shout out to my buddy Don Miller at North Point Bank. Uh, you know, Don and I are working on a couple of deals right now. He does a fantastic job uh, qualifying my borrowers. Um, and then also he's, he's got a good network of uh, people. If, you're, if I ever need, if I have a question about a service provider, I can see if Don has someone in his uh, proverbial Rolodex. Too. So that's Don Miller from North Point Bank. Um, he does a really good job as well. So, yeah, so the uh, getting back to the market. So inventory is still really tight. Um, and, you know, nationwide, the numbers nationwide are equally, I guess, bullish would be the, the you know, the word. <clears throat> because the, um, the market nationwide is tight. And there are people who are looking to buy homes that can't get into buy ho- into a home. If you are looking to buy a home, you need to be persistent and consistent in your home search. Okay? I send listings out. I look for properties for my buyers every day. If I send you something or ask you to take a look at something, you got to do it. Looking just once a week, you're not, it's not going to cut it. You're going to have to look at a lot of houses, put several offers in before you get one accepted. But when you do, you're, the money you're putting aside to keep a roof over your head is going to keep a roof over your head that you own. As opposed to a roof over your head that someone else owns. Okay. So it's tough. It's not easy. The best things in life are not easy. Um, 
So you've got to just suck it up, uh, push hard so that you can become a homeowner. Okay. Um, I saw this thing on Realtor.com. Um, just one thing, yeah. U.S. home sales in July fell to a six-month low. And again, rates are up, prices are up, so there are going to be fewer people buying homes. Okay. In June, we had an increase in new building permits, which is a good sign because that means more homes, more new construction uh, is starting. Okay. Um, you know, so that may bode well for a little bit of relief down the road. We'll see how much because sometimes supply chain or pricing can slow down that process as well. All right. So now I wanted, we talked about mortgages and in mortgage interest rates. I want to go over a couple of terms that you may not be familiar with. So one is um, called the adjustable rate mortgage. This is also referred to as an ARM, A-R-M, which is a mortgage loan with an interest rate subject to change over the term of the loan. The rate is typically tied to the performance of a specific market rate. It could be the, you know, the prime lending rate. Um, it could be uh, what's called LIBOR, but um, it can basically, the interest rate can move up and down within a certain range because they usually cap it um, for how much it can move at any one time. Uh, something else called amortization. This is the paying down the principal balance over time on your mortgage. Okay, so the principal is scheduled to be, to be paid off or fully amortized over the term of the loan. So with a 30-year mortgage, you take it out on August uh, 22 of 2023, 30 years from now, you will make your last mortgage payment, 360 payments, and that last payment will be mostly principal. In the beginning, your first payments are mostly interest. And we talked about this last week, how in the beginning, that's when the bank makes all of their money back, the income, okay? Um, next, we have, um, all right, basis point. That, <coughs> that is one one-hundredth of a percentage point. So if mortgage rates fall from 7.5 to 7.47, they declined three basis points. They go from 7.5 to 7.4, they went down 10 basis points. So a basis point is like a penny, one one-hundredth. Okay. Another term is a cash out refi, which is refinancing. Uh, there is very little of this business being done right now because interest rates are up. A refinancing of a mortgage in which the new principal uh, exceeds the outstanding principal of the original loan by at least 5%. So in other words, if I keep it simple, if you have a $100,000 mortgage, you want to refinance and take some cash out, you're going to need to take out at least $105,000. What is a conforming mortgage loan? Well, that is a loan that um, is at or below the amount Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac can purchase or securitize in the secondary market. Because Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, they guarantee these mortgages and then they package them up and sell them in the secondary market to investors. So the investors will buy a billion dollars of loans. They don't pay a billion dollars. <throat> And then they manage the loan and get the and collect all the interest for the balance of the term. Um, let's see, consumer confidence index. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, 
the measure of the confidence that households have in our economy. Consumer Price Index, also called the CPI, that's a measurement of the average change in prices paid by consumers for a fixed basket of uh, goods. Uh, A conventional mortgage loan is any mortgage loan not guaranteed or insured by the government. So when I give the rate of of a conventional mortgage rate uh, for a 30-year fixed rate mortgage of 7.49%, if the the borrower defaults on that, the bank is taking the hit directly. They're not getting bailed out by Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. Okay? Um, A credit report is basically it's just a report on your borrowing history. Now, a note on that, because many times people say, well, I get my FICO score from Credit Karma or one of these other sites. That information that you're looking at is not the information that mortgage lenders look at. They look at a different set of data and may come up with a different FICO score for you. So if you say, well, you know, Credit Karma or whatever the website is says my FICO score is 750 and then you go to apply for a mortgage and they say, well, actually, it's 670. That's because they're looking at different data and it's data that's germane to them as a mortgage lender. Okay. Now, your credit score is a three-digit number based on your credit report. Okay. Um. All right. Existing home sales. This is pretty straightforward based on the number of closings during during a particular month. Um, Because of the lag in time of one to two two months between when a purchase contract is signed and closing, existing home sales are more influenced by mortgage rates a month or two earlier than the prevailing mortgage rate during the month of closing. So right now, if mortgages that are closing now, the rates are 7.49. But the people who are closing today, they got their mortgage pre-approval <clears throat> and their mortgage rate lock a month, 45 days ago, is when rates were different. So Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, the, two na- the nation's two federally chartered and stockholder-owned mortgage finance companies, um, they cannot originate loans. <clears throat> they cannot originate loans, so they can't provide loans to consumers. They are basically government-sponsored enterprises, GSEs, and they basically securitize or um, they securitize loans made by other banks. So let's say Bank Acme Bank gives a 30-year mortgage to Joe Schmo, and it's a $600,000 mortgage at 7.49%. If that loan goes bad and it's guaranteed by Fannie Mae, so let's say the person loses their job and can't pay the, mor- the mortgage back and the bank forecloses, Acme Bank is reimbursed by Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, whoever guaranteed the loan. Okay. The Fed funds rates. Now, this is something that they talk about the Fed funds. Oh, the Fed's meeting and the rates going up or coming down. This has nothing to do with mortgage interest rates unless you are getting a fixed rate, excuse me, an adjustable rate mortgage, an ARM, an ARM, or a line of credit, a home equity line of credit. Those are directly impacted by Fed funds rate. Okay. Um, FOMC, this is the Federal Open Market Committee. This is the arm of the Fed. 
that sets monetary policy. They determine whether or not these interest rates, the Fed funds rate, is going to go up, go down, or stay the same. Uh, a fixed rate mortgage is a mortgage loan with an interest rate that does not change over the term of the loan. I, nine out of ten times, advise at least advise my clients to get a fixed rate mortgage, especially now where we are in a time, a, a period of probably increasing or stable mortgage rates. Um, if rates do drop, you could always refinance. But especially when we were getting these rates before, you know, three, four, five percent, I said. Get that rate, lock it in for five for uh, thirty years. Do not get an adjustable. And all the better if you have a loan that's assumable, which many loans are, because now I have a mortgage at five percent, and the interest rates are seven point four nine percent. If I sell my house and my mortgage is assumable, the buyer can assume the balance of my mortgage as long as they meet the lending criteria. That makes my property more valuable. All right, let's see. Another term that people want to, should be aware of is something called home equity. This is the difference between the current value of the home, the fair market value of the home, and the amount of money owed on the mortgage. So when you have a short sale, the amount of money owed on the mortgage is greater, is higher number than the fair market value of the home. So I owe 300000 on my home, but I can only get two hundred and seventy-five for it. I owe three hundred thousand on my home, but it's worth four hundred thousand. So I have a hundred thousand dollars of home equity. Okay, a home equity line of credit is an open credit line secured by the equity in your home. So if I owe three hundred, I have a hundred thousand in equity. I could get a fifty thousand dollar home equity line of credit. Okay, now a home equity loan is just another loan. That's secured by the home, and it's limited to one lump sum amount. So instead of having a line of credit for 50000 I would get a second mortgage, a home equity loan, which would be for the 50000 I get the money all at once. A home improvement loan, again, similar, but it's specifically for home repairs and remodeling. All right. Uh, the home ownership rate. The number of households residing in their home, own home divided by the total number of households in the U.S. Okay. Housing starts, that's just a new construction where they start. Um, a jumbo mortgage, sometimes you'll hear me refer to a jumbo, jumbo mortgage. A jumbo mortgage is a mortgage loan for an amount exceeding the Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac maximum loan limit. Uh, LTV, loan-to-value ratio, that's the ratio of the value of the loan to the value, the amount of the loan to the value of the house. An LTV of 80 means the mortgage is for 80% of the value of the house. So if you have an $800,000 mortgage and it's a million dollar house, that's an 80% LTV. Median home price, the median price of all homes sold within a 30-day period. Median are generally a better indicator of home price trends than average home prices. The median is like the middle, the same number of homes sold above this price as the number of homes that sold below this price. Okay. The mean price of a home is the mathematical average of prices of all homes sold in the period. So we've sold 276 homes in June. The average Total up all of those home price sale, home sales prices, divide it by 276. That's the average price, the mean price. A median price is a better idea of what's going on in the market. 
All right. We're going to wrap this up because we're coming to the end of the show. A mortgage is a loan lent for the purpose of buying real estate. Um, and let's see. A mortgage broker is someone that basically handles or originates mortgages for buyers. Okay. Um, underwriting is the determination of the risk a lender would assume if a particular mortgage loan were granted to a specific buyer. Okay. Sometimes there are things they don't like. You know, you get approved, but then wait, the underwriter looks at it and says, wait a minute, their employment history isn't long enough. Or wait, they use too much overtime in their income. That's not regular income. We have to discount it. The better mortgage companies get underwriting involved as soon as possible. So things do not blow up in the end. Okay. So, folks, I want to do a quick shout-out. Uh, we're out of time. I want to thank my sponsors, Beacon Title and Escrow, uh, the best title and escrow company around. G-Mets Moving and Storage, the best move you'll ever make, 401-383-6399. Uh, whether you're moving from one end of the state to the other uh, or cross-country, G-Mets can hook you up. They can also help you if you just need your furniture moved while you're getting things done in the house. G-Mets Moving and Storage. 401-383-6399. Vern Rainville, public insurance adjuster. He works for you, the property owner, not the insurance company. The insurance company does not pay, give him his paycheck. He works for you. Okay. 484-300-8495. It's an easy number to remember. 484-300-8495. Vern Rainville, public insurance adjuster okay so folks i want to thank you very much we'll be back next week take care and uh, enjoy the nice warm days we have ahead take care bye-bye WNRI one socket.